0: Hello, this is Jordan Young, and you are listening to This Is Ibrox, the Rangers podcast. Hello, and welcome to This Is Ibrox, your weekly pod. You may or may not have noticed Martin is missing in action again. Sick note, Martin. Am I right, guys? Absolutely, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I think that's very. Yeah, I think that's a fair, a fair shout. Although, to be honest with you, William, I, I don't know if anybody will notice.
0: <laughs> I was digging a hole for myself last week. <laughs> but, uh, You're in the unsafe hands of me tonight, uh, who's William Boyd, and you're joined by Scott Patterson and Tommy McIntyre. Hi, Willie. Hi, Tommy. Thank you. That was good. So we need to obviously start with the news that just broke tonight on Wednesday, recording purposes. Um, So, Tommy, are you happy with getting you over the line?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, undeniably, it's a a really good signing for the club. A good statement of intent. Everybody loves that phrase. I think we all liked him as a player. I think we've spoken previously on the pod that there's a he's young. He's a headline act. He's sought by other clubs. There's a really good resale value there. It could be something that the team really needs. I think the even better part of the news on top of the three-year deal and. Um, the fact that he obviously really wanted to make it happen was the fact that Ross Wilson uh, or the club I should say have been able to negotiate what was reported as the 4.5 million pound um purchase clause when we first got an explosive auction on him uh, last season down to uh, you know 3.3 million up front with some add-ons and a 10 percent sale on value back to uh, back to RC genk. So yeah, just at about, roughly, let's call it a million pound discount, Uh, it's great negotiating. I'm sure the COVID-19 pandemic had something on that, and I think Ross Wilson alluded to that in his comments. But ultimately, yeah, really, really, really good signing. You can't help but be upbeat about it.
0: No, absolutely. And as you said there, Ross Wilson managing to reduce the fee, or the reported fee, from 4.5 just down to above 3. It's fantastic business I think for the, the club and, and what's your feeling, Scott on it? Do you think we'll have a good resale value in the future? Yeah, you would imagine
2: so, absolutely. I mean he's only going to become, um, uh, I think, Tommy sort of alluded to it recently about had you already had some international caps under his belt already at full level. Um, he, he's he's quite simply an international standard player and he, he's going to only add to that as the years go by. His value is going to go through the roof I think. Um, for the length of times at Ibrox, I, I think it's a great signing, I really do, I think it's an exciting um, signing for the club. I think for Steven Gerrard, it, it gives him a bit more flexibility in the way that he can play. Uh, I think that sorry, this season, and indeed last season, we've seen this 4-3-3 a lot that, that Gerrard has kind of continued to to persist with, sometimes with um, the delight of the fans and sometimes not so much, but I think with Haji in um, he's surely coming in to play as a 10 behind one up front um, and I, I think that's his best position so I look forward to seeing him in the number 10 role um, but yeah big picture great setting for the club and uh, certainly someone who you
0: would like to think in the future will make money on. No, absolutely and no. I'm very excited myself to, to see Haji come coming as you said there. I was thinking that uh, Gerard could easily kind of swap and play him just behind the striker. Hopefully link up with Mireles if we keep him as well. Yeah. and that could be really exciting going into in the next season. And anyway, guys, we had a wee poll uh, on Twitter today. It was to keep Connor Coulson, Um and it finished 49.4% want to keep him and 506 want to sell him. And there were over 700... Um, entries to vote. So guys, what's your opinions on that? Would, would you keep Golton, Tommy?
1: Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm quite surprised it was that close, in all honesty. I suppose the question would be, and we've not played football for a, for a while now, so people's memories become a wee bit um, shortened, shall we say, and people probably remember uh, George Edmondson or uh, Philip Hellander what I uh, Nikola Katic and all that, right? Fine, but the most established centre back at the club, uh, arguably with Philip Hellander when he's fit, is Conor Goldson. Yeah, he's. I he had some high profile mistakes. Can't think of any defender who's went through the career without having them. It would very much depend on if somebody was supposed to come in, what the offer would be. I think it would take serious money for. Stephen Gerrard to countenance selling Conor Goldson, who's obviously his number one centre back and the guy that he expects to organise that defence. I stand by my comments from I think previous pods where I say I think the starting centre back pairing next season will be Conor Goldson and Philip Helander.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I think a lot of people kind of forget that Conor Goldson and Helander had a really good partnership in the European campaign uh, yeah. up until Hellander uh, got injured. Um it'd be interesting to see if that maybe kinda of played a part in and how the season ended up kind of petering out. But uh the reason I was asking that question, I should have said by the way, was that got Colson's been um linked with West Ham, West Brom and Leeds United. Tommy, do you see him leaving?
1: Well uh, sorry, Scott
0: to... Scott, sorry.
1: I was wondering if I was doubling up there. I was doing the job of Philip Neilander and Cora Goldson
2: for a second. There. I I so I am. I, um, I don't think Gerard will sell him, to be honest with you. I think he's he's um he's the go-to guy for for the, the center half pairing. You'll all I think he's one of these guys that will always play if he's fit. Simple as that. Goldson is 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 the guy that they'll build the the defence almost around. Um I don't think there's any danger of him leaving in the summer. I'd be really surprised if he did, unless he has made noises about getting a crack at things down south again. Um, and you, you I mean you mentioned teams like West Ham, it, it could be a chance for him to go down and play in the Premiership. Um, again, I, I think Tommy's absolutely spot on. I think it would take a, an astronomical amount of money for for Steven Gerrard to agree to the sale of Conor The The poll surprised me; it was really, really close. Um I've said before that I actually think Hellander's the best defender we've got. Um Gold's in a, a quick second certainly, but I don't think we're in a position to to let him go at all.
0: No, absolutely. My only kind of concern and amongst the defence with really, those two is a bit of pace, but their game intelligence I suppose makes up for that. Yeah. Um that kind of leads us on to the to the ends. There's a possible Berahino who's been spoken about over recent weeks. I think he might be a bit of a destructive influence in things. Scott, what's your take on when the young player? I think
2: the background to um Berrinho is, 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 is quite strange. He, he, kind of, he arrived in a, a blaze of glory and... It, it, all petered out really quite quickly for him. I was surprised to see that he was 26 today. I couldn't decide if, if I thought he should be younger or older, but 26 surprised me. I can't really answer why, but um, it definitely did. I think technically he's a, he's a really good player um, and has been sort spoken about in, in quite uh, high circles as having really good ability Technically, I think he's a really good player. However, I think his attitude in the past has let him down. I think he had had huge issues with Tony Pulis, I think it was in the past, that um, they certainly never got on. So if he was to come to Rangers, and I think at this stage it's a huge if, um, he would absolutely need to toe the line because the last thing Gerard or Ross Wilson are going to be interested in is bringing in someone who isn't going to um, do as they're expected to do um, for the football club.
0: No, absolutely. No. Tommy, he, he was coming, coming through as a young player and he had all this potential, as Scott was saying there, but he never really kind of fulfilled it and he's been so destructive in every team he's been to. Would you think Gerard could kind of bring him out of that and, and we could finally see his potential?
1: The old uh, conundrum
0: yeah, he's a bad boy, but I can fix him. Uh...
1: Which I'm I don't think that would be exactly what Stephen Gerard would say, but um yeah, so just try to think through it. And there's there's two well, there's three Sado Sado Berrinho, um, depending on what your pronunciation is. I'll go with Scots because that sounded like a lot better than mine, right? <laughs> uh, Mr. Berajino, I'll, th- I'll check with that right. Um there's there's three you're probably talking about. You're talking about that. 2010, 2017, West Brom. Uh, Player when he stepped up from the youth team, 105, 110 appearances, something like that. 23 goals, latter two to three seasons. Absolutely dynamite player. Broke into the England under-21. Don't think he ever got an England full cap. I might be wrong there, but I don't think he ever got a full England cap. But that's the player we're talking about. Clubs chasing him. There were noises round about his off-field antics at that point towards the end of that. So that's the, the, the Berejino one you're talking about, the guy who we remember as being, oh, he can unlock defence and he's got a you know, sexy Brazilian sounding name. Then you've got the Berejino that went to Stoke, uh, as, as Scott references there, I think he's there for two years, 17, 19, something like that. You know, I think 50 appearances in there somewhere, right? Like a handful of goals, five max, probably less. Terrible, destructive influence in the dressing room, fallouts all over the place, you know, sitting in the stands, but still want his money, driving to, to get moves and stuff like that, sitting outside stadiums. That's your second he the one that you do not want anywhere near your club or your dressing room, no matter how talented uh, he is. And then you've got the third one, which is the um, Zolta Vagriam again, my pronunciation might be wrong there, where he's been, since last season, or this season just just finished, I suppose. Has it finished? Yes, I think it has. Um, depending on where you are and what your email server is. That's the, the third Berrihinho, who's done uh, an ultimate amount of recent news pieces where he says he's grown up and he does sound like he's trying to toe the line, he's trying to work harder, he realises that off field antics weren't right. 16 appearances for Vagaram, six goals playing really well, backing the team, manager's really happy with them. a guy who's you know, really trying to get it back, and everybody's there a second chance, to, depending on what they've done. And so, yeah, that's all good. So that's your third Berrinho, the, the current one. Is he still worth a punt? Absolutely not. There you go. I, I did all that work just to get to, no, not a chance, don't be silly, not the kind of person you want anywhere in your dressing room, your club. Wish him all the best from a distance.
0: Absolutely. I I don't agree with it. I I think we should stay well clear of them, especially gonna the season we're going into. Yeah. Uh, but that'll take us on to the comments recently that have come out in the papers and in the in the media and uh we Smith and Gareth Macaulay. Uh, Tommy, what did you make of Mr. Smith's tongue in cheek well eight remark? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you
1: when you say tongue in cheek, I get the feeling that <laughs> uh, what are actually meant everybody will do that um, and <laughs> great comic title the, the thing is like right, people can howl about this and they can say oh but we want to tell you we're 13 points clear and all that kind of nonsense right all factually correct so I shouldn't call it nonsense right what is nonsense uh, and we've been saying this since the SPFL discussions about potentially ending the season early because of COVID-19 Um began is that no matter what happens, when you get to a situation whereby a league championship, any competition has to be ended early and you don't play out the full sequence of games or whatever, then you're always going to have a question to it. And unfortunately, Celtic fans will just have to live with that. You know, you're always going to be open to the question of what could have happened. So, for example, um, Helicopter Sunday. That's not a what could have happened, that's a what did happen, right? There's no hypothetical, there's no scenario playing out there. Uh, nine in a row under Walter Smith. Well, sorry, it's at Walter Smith. it's not hypothetical, it's this is facts and this is what happened in the league. Get played out all the time, right? Every other you know league championship that's been played out that we've won or we've lost, no, no hypotheticals there. This current one. And Celtics, capstone on the line in a row, always, always will be open to hypothetical scenarios and judgments and comments and they better look at how they best put an asterisk next to the Shamrock on their badge.
0: The biggest asterisk you've ever seen.
2: hosting skills as well william But i
1: think you know so I, i'm here for you and the, and the listeners and the watchers to, to see you through these questions so uh, he is back again just as i'm doing my build up to answering so i'll step I,
2: back listen i've no idea so what are happened. you there i i am i i can't see you guys but i've no <laughs> idea what happened i got totally cut off um can you see me
0: did you hear the question no no <laughs> Right. <laughs> so we are moving on to Gareth Macaulay's comments about uh, Celtic's first nine 9-0 win, which okay. uh, he said Celtic's recent triumphs triumphs yeah. would never be compared to. Do you think he was correct or do you think he had the biggest fishing rod hanging, waiting for some nibbles? I
2: think um I, I think in the first instance, um, like everyone when they talk about this, um there's an element of dangling a fishing rod there to see if there are any nibbles and nine times out of ten there are. The one thing that that struck me about Macaulay's comments was that he used the word hollow, which I had never heard used before. Um, I'd heard it called a lot of things, but hollow I hadn't heard. Um, And he was right. I mean, I think it's it's easy to forget. Macaulay actually spoke as opposed to being a a big Rangers man and a guy who played for Rangers and was very good around the club, by all accounts, when he was there. Um, he spoke about how, do you know what I mean, why are Celtic not even a modicum embarrassed about the way that this has all been played out? Um, there's apparently been things in social media last week of them having wee sort of parties amongst themselves in their own sort of wee private areas um, celebrating 8.752 in a row. And um, that's just bizarre. And I, I, for Gareth McCauley to use the word hollow, I felt struck a huge chord um, with a lot of the Rangers fans. Without sort of, jumping up and patting them on the back, Hollow was right. It is a hollow victory for Celtic this year. And if they, and when I say they, I mean the Celtic fans, if they can't see that, um, then they're, they're a lot more blind than what we we actually believe them to be.
0: Absolutely, and I think we'll just leave that at that. And uh, we'll move I'm on. I'm
1: disappointed that neither you, Scott, nor William made a hollow, hollow joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terribly, terribly disappointed in both.
0: Let's do that. Back I'm currently <laughs> experiencing the worst nerves in the world right now.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, we should point out to the to the listeners and the watchers that you know William's uh, this is William's first time in the in the hot seat. Uh, don't, don't blow William. The, the eyes of, well, uh, I don't know how many eyes are on you, see at this it's, point. It's, it's, time, it's, eels. <laughs> it's the
0: ears yeah. that are on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we move on to club legend Gaza's birthday, and he had these well documented troubles. But can you describe the man for the listeners who may be too young to remember him, Tommy?
1: Yeah, and uh, in his uh, incarnation at the club, I was lucky enough when he uh, just after he'd signed to to meet him and spend some time in his in his company. A tremendous once-in-a-generation football talent that uh, this country has produced. And by this country, let me be quite clear, I mean the United Kingdom. Um absolutely electric player who could do a lot of things. Um unfortunately, you know, a terrible injury and often off-field troubles derailed what could have been a really stellar career. Um, still held in great regard both at Rangers and at Lazio and Tottenham. Um, yeah, I, I, again, a top-tier talent that you don't generally see being produced and a, a real genuine talent that word's getting, that word's in world-class gets thrown about quite easily these days, but really let the, the game up um, and was capable of doing something really different, you know, really different. Um, even, I remember so if I'm going back through the mist of time, right, and I would say to any younger, you know, uh, listeners and watchers who haven't, you know, watched them, go and get clips on YouTube of Paul Gascoigne. going, right? Dynamite player. Um, get goal in the room derby as well for Lazio Head on near enough the last minute, and then a slew of great goals for Rangers and great performances as well. Um, Cup semi Final Against Hearts, home firm game, um, and you can quite easily flip between dark-haired Gaza and Lime, sorry, lemon juice, blonde-haired Gaza, uh, as well. But I remember being at Far Hill when we played Partick Thistle. Remember them? Yeah. And <laughs> I remember there was—I can't remember the player's name. Red-haired guy used to play for um, Billy McDonald. You know, Scott. There we go. Perfect, great shout. So I was in the—I was in the stands for for that game, and this guy was getting out to half Gaza. Like really trying to put him through, and I remember at one point Gaza flicked it through his legs, and then just over the cigar, literally. <laughs> and then another time he tries to do him again, flicks it past him, and then essentially reaches, you know, looks down like he's kissing his own ass. Absolutely, doubt. there was nothing the guy couldn't do with the ball. Exceptional,
0: exceptional talent. Excellent entertainer. Exceptional player. A real entertainer. And uh, Scottish, your fondest memories of Gaza. I think there's
2: a few that you can remember about um, Paul Gascoigne. I think Tommy's ab- absolutely right, what a talent, I mean, genuinely what a talent. Um, I spoke to uh, Ian Durant last week as part of our sort of exclusive interviews with This is and I referred to, to Paul Gascoigne as being a guy that, that's safe haven, if you like, was the minute he crossed the white line. The minute he crossed the white line, he just he became a, a different person. Um, and I, I think we were, for the, the supporters that were lucky enough to get back and forward, Ty Brock, they watch him play in a blue jersey. Um, my goodness, what a talent they saw. And Tommy's absolutely right, he was a, a leading player to come out of, of these shows in, in the United Kingdom. A wonderful, wonderful footballer. As far as memories are concerned, um, the, I think that you can look at the, maybe the the performance against Hearts at, at Celtic Park. Um, I think it was the Scottish Cup semi-final. Uh, in the nine in a row season, um, I think the season before when we were going for eight in a row, and he scored the hat-trick at Ibrox against Aberdeen in the last game of the season. Um, I, I think Paul Gascoigne will look back on his career as as that day has been one of the defining moments of his football career. It was, it was just a day that oozed Paul Gascoigne and when you look at every one of these goals now, particularly the one that he's ran the length of the park, he ran the length of the park with ease, fantastic upper body strength, a crack and finish at the end. Um he he really was a supreme footballer. Um for for us to have had him at Ibrox for any period of time um was fantastic. Actually my my, my best memory of Gaza was the, the header that he scored against Celtic when he had the old bleached blonde do. And again it was a goal that he he's he's ran the length of the park. He started the move in his own half and he's ran the length of the park. One of the things that was was hammered about Gaza when, from the minute he arrived, he was fat, he was overweight, he couldn't run the length of himself. My goodness me, you could pinpoint three huge moments in his career where he's had lung busts and runs, all that have ended with goals or important passages of play. What a player, fantastic football, Willie, fantastic.
0: So, um, it was too young.
1: one thing to that because scott scott's touched on it, he's absolutely brilliant There's a you know, spot on there is if any you know younger listeners have never seen him before and they do go on youtube and all that i can't think of any fan who comes away who doesn't have this for the hat trick of the championship playing <laughs> in their mind. because as soon as somebody mentions uh paul gas going boom that comes straight in yeah uh, what a what a what a run that second goes, goal was, by the way, Scott. You're absolutely right. He's yeah. never just, just think about it. Just absolutely incredible, and then just to have the the presence of mind to just sweep it. I think he sweeps
2: it with his left. Does yeah.
1: I mean, absolutely incredible,
2: incredible goal. I think as well. I mean, it's easy to forget. For all people, instantly think that Paul Gascoigne was maybe one of these guys that had a cabinet full of trophies. He didn't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He didn't have that. And I mean, the, if you look into the archives, the eight-row season when he's parading around Ibrox at the end with the big top hat on, he's absolutely over the moon. He's won a league title. He's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Um, he, he was, I I think, very highly of him. I thought he was a wonderful player to have had at Ibrox when we had him. Um, arguments over whether he he left too early where his career would have went if he if he had hung around for a little bit more. But um it's good just to, to look back and reflect on what we did have with him. And it was it was yeah. a couple of really, really good years. Very entertaining football.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely and I I think a few of the younger listeners will probably have heard some of the stories. I think you alluded to a few of them, Scott, in your interviews with, with Judy's car with the fish. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> the most talked about one. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> There's also another video on YouTube that said the doorstep challenge, Daz's doorstep challenge. He it pretends it's his it house and just, just him small shampoo he or
1: something. Not that it's, not that it's funny, it is, but a very small side and a side of Paul Gascon that probably didn't always make the papers uh, or, or make that stereotypical view. When I was just slightly older, I was in Duck Bay Marina. Right, in a restaurant and Sergio Perini was there, red suit on, right, with two lovely ladies, right, straight up true, right, sitting there, um, who I'm sure will just be secretaries or, or something like that, right, um, fans, so he's sitting there loading over part of the kind of ducking in a bath, and walks Paul Gascoigne himself, right, this is supposed to be Paul Gascoigne, the, the big boozer, the guy who always wants attention and all that, right, Straight to the bar. Guess he's what looked like an orange Just Right. And I don't think it was like didn't want to talk to him like kind of acknowledged and then just went out and set himself. Didn't want to take part in all the the uh, the party that was going on with all the prini and the hangers on and all that kind of stuff. Just wanted to leave it a quiet reflection. Sometimes people probably do forget, I do it myself actually. We forget that there was uh, a human being uh, inside the jersey sometimes that would struggle with his own things and didn't always make the right choices but um, yeah I go back to my other comment genius footballer flawed man like the rest of us but uh, I maybe some other things he's a personality that
0: people didn't always see yeah I think we'll move on to, to Scott's 11 and I think we're going to hear one name and I'll be surprised if we don't but Scott, <laughs> do you want to tell
1: everybody your your jazz eleven? We'll just this
2: name,
0: eleven times, to be honest
2: with you. So, <laughs> so I, I, was, I was really, really lucky because I've seen a lot of excellent goalkeepers at Ibrox and um, I kind of whittled my goalkeepers down to three and it was one of Chris Woods, Andy Gorham or Alan McGregor, all equally good goalkeepers and all had equally sort of big moments when they needed it. I've went for McGregor. Oh, 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 yep. oh the bust there. Yep. I've went for
1: McGregor.
2: That's caught me out. I can't caught me put Durant in goals. Me. Caught
0: me
2: out. <laughs> 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 so I've, I've went with McGregor over, over both Woods and Gorham. Um, and it, to be fair, it was close. It, I mean, it genuinely was. It was close. I just, I, I, I've, I've got an inkling for McGregor. And I, I just felt he was the, he was the man, for me.
1: I've just written a series of exclamation marks on my <laughs> pad here, and then a wee pair of goalie gloves. That's, that's all I've done.
0: <laughs> so I always um, thought that, that people that watched off Offrey- the. Goalkeepers are all four because I think Stefan Claus was pretty decent. Yeah. That was Pat Goro. I always thought that. Do
1: you know what, I'm going to throw you all out. Right? I'm so
0: surprised.
1: And I'm going to roll Anthony into the conversation.
0: Oh. He was a good goalkeeper, wasn't
2: he? He was a good keeper.
1: Wasn't.
2: Yep. yep. I only remember about at half. South.
1: So he did, but who did he go to down south? Was it Southampton or something like
2: that? Southampton I think it was in the first instance, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was when his career sort of picked... Kicked.
0: McGregor?
2: So McGregor's my goalkeeper, yeah. right? Do you want know me going on to go my back defend four? Defenders. So I'm playing about back are we, four.
0: We, are we playing?
2: So I'll do, Are fact, you going right and backs, backs and left
0: backs and centre backs?
2: So. I'll go right to left. So I'll start my right back, my two centre halves and my left back, okay? So my right back was one of two. My right back was either going to be Gary Stevens, who I was a huge fan of or Alan Hutton. I've went with Alan Hutton as my right back.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Who centre-halves
2: are Craig Moore and Richard Gough. And my left back Tommy will be over the moon always you know, after Newman. And you're back in the game, Scott, <laughs> you are back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the reason why I've selected oh, yeah. I'll tell you the reason why I've selected Hutton and Newman because what my team would be playing, they'd be playing a sort of a four and then a three and then a kind of three lion guy behind a two up top. And I feel that both Hutton and Newman, Hutton in particular, um had this wonderful ability to gallop forward with the ball and and suddenly become a threat and almost a right winger. Um so he'd be in there. Newman I've I've I was a huge fan of, much to Martin's disgust, as you can imagine. Um I couldn't not have him in the team.
1: <laughs> my two
2: um, my two centre halves, Craig Moore and Richard Goff, I think, complement each other really well. Um both really, really steady defenders. Um, Craig Moore a, a bit mean when he had to be. Um, and I think Goff was a bit clever when he had to be mean. Um, so I think they would have complemented each other really well in a in a, a a defensive pairing.
0: So I think that's a solid back five. Yeah. So moving on to your your midfielder. So I'm playing. So obviously
2: that's my back five. I'm playing one man ahead of the back five, and that person who I'm sitting in front of the. The back five is Graham Soonis. Um purely because he, he was such a good footballer. And I, I I've, I've said this recently. I felt that Soonis was almost underrated when he came to Rangers. I think a lot of people thought that Graham Soonis was coming to Rangers as a swan song, fill his coffers, do what he had to do, then get out. Wasn't like that at all. Graham Sooness came in as a as and equally as good a footballer as he was. And people forget that when he did arrive at Ibrox, I would say about 80% of his time was involved in the playing side of things. Because he had guys like Walter Smith in the background that were looking after the coaching of the team. Um, so Soonis would be the guy that I would have anchoring that back four, and, and just basically looking after Craig Moore and Richard Goff effectively. Now ahead of them. Ahead of them. I'm playing two midfielders that I probably won't surprise either of you, um, Barry Ferguson and Ian Durant. Uh, Ferguson because he is our most um, successful recent captain of times, um, and I just felt he, w- he was a, a wonderful, wonderful footballer, arguably um, one of the best midfielders that this country's ever ever produced. Um, doesn't often endear himself to to the punters nowadays, you have to say. However, mm. um, I don't think that can take away how successful he was as a captain in um, either spell at the club, and and just his general passion for the club, particularly when he played at Ibrox. I couldn't not include Barry Ferguson. Willie, you were you were similar yourself. He's just he's not
0: someone you can leave out. Absolutely, I loved him growing up as well. So. She she just gone back onto Graham Souness. I remember listening to a story. I can't remember who the player was, but he was saying about how the thing Graham Souness used to do with the players running. About them. If somebody was having a bad game, they'd run up maybe five yards, they'd pass it to them, get the ball back if they're having a really bad game, and just try to get their confidence up. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, that's that's a really good thing. I've not really seen many players kind of do that sort of thing for us recently.
2: Aye. Just a kind of morale boosting exercise. So simple as well. You know, a five-yard pass, pass it back aye, to me. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Aye. Oh, I
1: that. think uh, Actually, in the in the pre pre Gerard era, um, certainly, probably players would actively go out their way to not associate with a player who just made a mistake. Yes. Uh, and a lot of them would go inside their jersey. No, absolutely.
2: Um. So, my, as I say, my other man in the midfield is Ian Trant. Uh. I. I just. Yeah. I. I couldn't not include my, uh, my idol, um, and it's it's obviously so soon on the back of having a a, a chat with him last week. Um, which I've spoke about and I'm not due to death anymore. Um, I, I, couldn't <laughs> I think him. you're allowed to. I think, I, allowed
1: to
2: I think the good thing about Durant was um, is that he had this um, wonderful ability, and you, you hear a lot about it about um, midfielders ghosting in beyond a, a backline or just in behind a striker. He had that wonderful ability to do that, appear from effectively nowhere. He, he spoke um, last week about the um, the David Cooper pass into him in 1986 and Durant had ran for about 15 yards behind Cooper. And before you know it, he was in a goal. Um, he he always had um, that to offer you. Um, Couldn't include him. Um, would have, without question, been the greatest Scottish footballer of all time if that bastard hadn't got him. Um, and for that reason alone, he, he has to be in my top 11. Can't not be in my top 11.
1: I think uh, I think we all fully expected one of those jerseys to go to Ian Duran To be honest with you, Scott, I, 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 it's highly unsurprising that he's in your midfield and probably your captain.
2: Well, be, I probably aye. <laughs> so I've got so my my front three are um, supported. Um, so the man that's sort of playing in the space between the the top two and the uh, Durant and Ferguson in the middle is Brian Loudrup because he's he's got that ability to just do what he likes for ninety minutes. He'll go left, he'll go right, he can play through the middle. Um he will go beyond your, your front two. He just had a an incredible ability um for him to just gently grace himself around the park in the manner that he did when he was at Ibrox was incredible. And to see him see him do it firsthand. Um was really exciting. He was, he was a wonderful footballer and again, a player that you probably won't see again in these shores, perhaps. Um, he was such a good footballer and he, he was a name to come to Ibrox as well. I think a lot of people forget that, um, he, I've heard a lot of people say his big brother was in fact a better player than him. So if we got the worst brother, Michael Ludrup must have been the absolute berries.
0: <laughs> yeah. so, uh,
2: um,
1: okay, so what my, was it? They Milan just coming off the back of their, their European run, remember? it Was it like two and a half million or something like that?
2: Aye, absolutely, absolutely. Was it not actually? Not, was it not Fiorentina? He came from
1: like he was permanent Fiorentina, but he'd actually been on loan at Milan with, at you, AC, with you. from yeah. Fiorentina. Aye, I it think was, he only made like a handful was
2: he was something, oh, absolutely. You look at the um, you look at the five one Scottish Cup final against Hearts, and Gordon Jewry scores a hat trick and doesn't get the man the match. Just incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, what a football? <laughs>
1: it's a centre of consideration. As for the hat trick in a cup final, ah, good for you, mate. But how good was you that day?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, he's
1: that Euro Championship winners' medal as well with Denmark.
2: Absolutely. Famous yeah, you know. celebration. Lined on, the group.
1: Aye, uh, sitting on the beach and all that, and uh, then they got the wild card pick to come in and play in the Euros. End up, end up winning it. Unbelievable, incredible. Unbelievable. What a player! My,
2: my my two guys up front. Um, I've got one guy that's going to guarantee you goals, and I've got a second guy that is technically the best striker I've seen at Ibrox, ever. Bamman. Um, my two strikers would be Ali McCoist and Michael Moles. Um McCoyst has to play because um he's gonna score. He's just he's going to score. Simple as that. He's he's the sort of guy that um you would want in and around the box, great predatory instincts. He he's always gonna be there or thereabouts. Couldn't not include him, frankly. Um and Moles, as I say, technically was as good as anything I've ever seen at Ibrox from a from a striker perspective. Um wonderful striker that wee turn that no one I think had ever seen before, um, before he arrived at Ibrox from Utrecht. Um, and it, it suddenly became a, a huge part of his game and you knew he was going to do it. I'd been tested to speak to some of these defenders that had to, to go up against him, because they must have known every time what he was going to do with the ball. Every time he beat them, every single time he beat them. Um, a, a really, really um, good striker, excellent striker. Um, And he and and McCoy sort of spearhead my attacking lineup.
1: I'll let you go first, William.
0: (laughs) It's good. I like it. I like it. Um, I remember Moles myself. I know a lot of players in there that I've not quite remembered, you know, like seeing playing and that, but I've seen the videos and stuff. So I think Michael Moles is, is the obvious one I think that I've seen, kind of grown up out with Ferguson and Moore. Uh, quite a lot of them to be fair, but uh, <laughs> I most I always remember him being really good up until was it can that broke his leg? Yeah, uh, uh. I
2: remember, uh.
1: Uh, was it, uh, Christian? Weirdly enough, right? Not to keep buying my own drum, but I was in the old Olympic Stadion in Munich that night, and uh. um, I was behind the goal. Where we um, we conceded the penalty, Kloss almost his hand to it, or got a little bit of a hand to it. And it went in. um then, that was the old Olympic Stadium before it became the Allianz Arena, and it uh, got rebuilt and all that. And we absolutely thumped them. Yeah, that night deserved at least a point. Should have won it. Moles was ripping them to shreds. This was just after um, weirdly enough Celtic had Larson had broken his leg, and we thought, right, that's their top boy out. And then sure enough. Uh, Moles tries to go over, can tries to jump over him, uh, yeah. and then just lands uh, And just oh, just that horrible, horrible sight. Just that game, Christ I don't he might remember it anymore. But the yeah, idea go, the <laughs> dynamite player, and he just lost that tiny bit after that that made yeah. him really,
0: really special. Absolutely, I like to You, think, you first, Got a 10, you marks have- it, marks at a 10, isn't it? Well, let me
1: just let let me just run right through. Uh, definitely not ten, buddy. I'm sorry. Uh, Nobody don't, don't it's a ten apart from my own team, obviously. Right? Uh, and, and that's I uh, That's i oh, There's definitely a lot a lot of quality in there. Um, I get your McQuoid. What 251 goals, Moles? I like think 98 appearances, 38 goals. If I remember correctly, something like that. If I've got those stats right, I am delighted. By the way, right? Um, <laughs> Um yeah, I'd probably a couple a couple of players jump out for me that probably won't make any any mind. I think obviously you've let your heart roll your head or maybe on one <laughs> of those right? which is fair enough, mate. We're allowed all that. Um uh the keeper is jumping out for me. I um I, I don't know how I'll be quite honest. No, I'm not going to give the game away about who I'm going to pick, but I don't know how anybody can pick another keeper out with the one that I'm going to pick. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, you're talking about heroes. Back way in the day when I first started playing football, even for a guy my height, before I started playing outfield, I was a keeper. And this guy will always be a hero to me. So, um uh, right, get ready for that. Uh, maybe just a couple of new changes. Uh, I think it's a, no offence, William, I think it's an upgrade on... <laughs> on your team, uh, I think they're better than beating you to the title. Um, yeah, okay, Tommy,
0: off this. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: to be fair, though, you get extra extra points Scott, because uh, who's got your left back jersey? Uh, and so you know, uh, if nothing else, you get that. I'm going to give that. Ooh, I'm gonna give oh, I'm going to give a seven point five. Oh Celtic title win.
2: So it's nearly in a row.
1: Aye, exactly. Yeah, a seven point five on the Richter, on the ranger scale. Um, <laughs> that, that could maybe be an eight, it depends. I'm a fairly belligerent mood again, but no, seven seven point five, done. I mean when you're a six, you're a one point five better.
2: So I've raised the bar, that's what we're saying.
0: I'll I'll give it a marker at, at a ten. I'll go eight point five. Oh yes.
2: Oh. I'm all about 8.5. the decimal points, lads. I, <laughs> I wish I had some. I made <laughs> um, my result look a bit better. <laughs> right.
1: I, feel, I feel I feel I've rated this team too lowly, in all honesty, which is uh, which is not usually my my way. It's seven point eight. Yeah. No, I right, seven point five. You get McGregor and goal against <laughs> some of the keepers with you. not a chance that Some good some good picks though. So, soonest one's I, I crack a cracker. Interesting pairing at the back. go from Moore. I think I would be pretty solid to get by. Um, I think you're right about Moore as well. Moore could be really nasty and could throw it about. I mean, he needs to. Um, Ferguson, Durant. I'm actually a wee bit surprised with the move one. Yeah. In all honesty, not from a talent perspective, just again, he wasn't there that long.
2: I just, I I think it was more a Um, a case of how good he was technically, you know what I mean? I just thought it was wonderful put well, wonderful. Rod Wallace would have been a good shout in there as oh, well. I listen. Aye.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, don't know, I'm not slating moles or anything like that. The guy no was no. absolutely dynamite. Dynamite. Um, like you say, I've never seen a guy who could turn and such a, or had such a small turn circle. Not just once, but he could do the double feint. <laughs> I mean, right left be right again. Defenders are just sitting there going, what happened? to in a bite in the net. <laughs> um, oh, unbelievable! I, think I tried that once, and you know my knees went left, and the rest of my body went right. <laughs> in a wheelchair for six weeks.
0: Oh, so, guys, I think we'll I think we'll move on just just with time upon us. Um, what's your What's your expectations for next season? I'll file that question to the Perrys So, Scott, we'll we'll let you take that away first.
2: Um, I. I think the reality is, I think Gerard has to win the league next year. I do. I, I just I, even when you take an account of how this season has ended or not or whatever it is that's happened this season, um, I think Gerard has to win the league next year. At the very least, I think he has to win a trophy. At the very least, um, and I, I would I would gladly um, sort of pass the the league cup and the Scottish cup. For us to win fifty five next year, without any shadow of a doubt. And um, Tommy, I think
1: I think Scott has the the right of it there. That, but well, this will be three years into the Stephen Gerrard cycle. Um, considering he's plugged his Ian Durant interview I'm going to plug my Mark Warburton one where he spoke about <laughs> three year cycles as well um, I don't know if Mark Warburton ever played uh, you know real good professional football I might drop him into my midfield as well just, just for the sake of it like um, goals but uh, yeah, not, not... <laughs> I'm <Brilliant. laughs> um, i I don't think he's quite on a par with either McGregor or Durant uh, let me swiftly re- uh, take that back but yeah, we will be three years into the cycle. Uh, I think, depending on what else happens in terms of... We've had Yanis Hadji confirm today's another signing. There will be more ins and outs. I think we said last week that that was the last tranche of players released that he didn't sign and didn't fancy. So whatever squad starts the league is going to be this, this Stephen Gerrard squad. right? And he's going to have to live or die by that. So I absolutely agree. He's got to, at an absolute minimum, win something. I'd probably just add to Scott there in terms of, he could win something like the Scottish Cup. I don't think the League Cup would cut it. I think it has to be the Scottish Cup or the League. Um, and he, if he did win the Scottish Cup, he would have to be extremely close in a title running with Celtic. Yeah. Um but, yeah, I do I think he has to win, win the league instead? I probably do, actually. Yeah, I think we've got to that, that part. I, I struggle to see him being able to survive beyond that. Um, I, I mean, I think even given everything that's went on and you know what actually going forward and trying to achieve and whether that's legitimate or not, I still think that Stephen Gerrard probably has to win the title. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll take that back. Forget everything else, he has to win the title.
0: Uh, I'm in the same camp as you guys. Uh, I think it's illegal. It's all out of my I'm league.
2: You guys might
1: to get your answer in your own mind within two seconds. It took me 40 <laughs> seconds of speaking it all the way around before I went, Do you know what? No, I know amount of silverware other than the league championship flag back home is uh, is is where it's at. Um It'll be it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I think maybe we'll. Kind of going to be signing out a wee bit too many players, kind of for this summer. You know, I think that might come back and maybe bite isn't biting as ass.
1: How many? Oh, well, that's an interesting one. How many's too many? And and what? What do you mean in
0: terms well, of? That? I think I think you should be adding like maybe two or three, maybe every year. we probably the same number, roughly going out of the door. Maybe one big kind of sell that you're usually getting but I think maybe two or three, just kind of talking up what you've got. But I think maybe this season we're going to see excess of six or seven, close to ten, maybe I don't know. Uh, just going with the players that kind of you're releasing. Whether we're going to keep the likes of Stuart and and the Middletons and, and all that that we've got kinda of there. That we've got very like a load of options out left. We've already discussed that in the pod. So just I think it's going to be another kind of big kind of job again from definitely two or three more. Kind of first team players, I think, need to come in. I
2: think a lot will depend on who he um, who he sells. So I mean, we we know who has been released just by um, the nature of their contracts expiring. Um, we spoke earlier on about Conor Goldson. if a big money move comes in for him, then someone needs to make a decision on it. I would assume Ross Wilson. Um, don't forget, yeah, I, I fully expect guys like uh, Morelos, Tavernier, Barisic are all going to fall into that same category as well. If bids come in that are of a certain stature that gives Ross Wilson or the hierarchy at Rangers something to think about, um, they'll, they'll do exactly that. And I think if it's if it's for the benefit of the club and it fills the coffers and some cash goes to Stephen Gerard again, then we have to trust them 100% with that.
1: Yeah, listen, here, here to, to that. Uh, I think we'd, we'd spoken about this last week as well on the, the podcast that It has to be first team signings. They come in, guys who genuinely have a a chance at a a jersey. I think some of the people you've mentioned there, like Greg Stewart, um, your Brandon Markers, not only the outside bets when they sign, they're now outside, outside bets. Um, I was trying to think of a funny ending to that, but I, I really couldn't. Right? So I just stuck with outside as far as I could. <laughs> and, um, right? but they're all in the Brandon Barker basket, right? Who whose hair still enrages me from a Rangers fans perspective. Um, I wouldn't even give that guy a pair of brown brogues unless it was to boot him right up a jagsy, right? Um, so you can have the toe of my brown brogues, right? um, that's right? That's we can. Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm bit such. Yeah, I, I know exactly why I don't like Brandon Barker, but that's entirely another. So anyway, squad players to pad it out. And we spoke about bringing in some youth players as well. I think Steven Gerrard, and you guys can call me if I'm wrong here, but I think Steven Gerrard has made big play in several comments, certainly in the lead-in towards the the, the kind of January window, end of the the kind of season, or rather when it transferred into January, and February that he was always looking to trim the size of the squad down and then focus on quality. So I think we've cycled through that, get big numbers in uh, and then you know turn them over. I think this transfer window will be, with the help of Ross Wilson, obviously, which is showing dividends, will be quality in because people are being released, wages freed up. Um, we're not in the place where we're paying players off anymore, a la the Mexicans. Yeah. And then it'll be shifting a few others out. I think it will just be quality purchases. I don't think there'll be any more than four or five.
2: Four for me. Four
1: for you, Scott?
2: Yep, four for me.
1: I mean, happy to be wrong if uh, if we found a cheque book down the back of the couch and, uh, and it turns out that there's six or seven or eight internationals coming in. Um, that would be great, but I don't think there'll be the wholesale changes that you maybe think. I think there'll be a lot more going out the door, William, than coming in.
0: Anyway, I'll just move on in, uh, to the competition that we're having with Castor, um, And we had uh, overall three social media platforms with Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we've actually selected a winner from each um, platform that we're, that we're using so i've actually literally got a hats with names in them so yeah names in a hat nice it's not a purple hat despite <laughs> it's a bit purple <laughs> so i'll pick out the first one and this will be for the the castor hoodie okay let me just say right i even
1: i will go abs i will go you know mental and complain on behalf of the listeners if the name that comes out of that is ian durant <laughs>
0: It was actually my own name, They're just three of my names in there. <laughs> anyway, here we go. So the first one out, I'll leave building suspense and all that. Oh, so like I'll put it. that to the side. I like it. So I've got two two in here. And uh, the good folks over at Copeland Streetwear on Twitter, I think they're just on there, giving us a, a, a prize for the other two people who unfortunately don't win the Did they? and the French, first uh, one streetwear, beer, uh, oh, sorry. and uh, the first one who's going to get the copeland streetwear uh goodie whatever that is is mark larmer and he was from instagram well that, mark and also joining him was greg Shira, and i hope i've pronounced that right well done, greg. and he was our twitter um, winner. So that's the, the Copeland goodies to Mark Larmer and Greg Shira. So the big one, the one we've all been waiting for, And nice easy name to pronounce, it's a Facebook winner, it's Kenny Ferguson. Well done well
1: Kenny. Done, Kenny Ferguson.
0: So he is going to be getting his Castor hoodie. If all three of you could uh, get in touch with the page via private mail, uh, just so we can get your your details and, and get as good sent out to you, we'd, we'd appreciate that.
2: Well done, guys! Congratulations.
0: Yeah, nice.
1: one, always nice to win something. Um, so I don't know. Do we do we actually give it to them? Do we have to have some sort of resolution tabled t- to see if they get? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how this all works. Well, if weird. nobody
0: comes forward and claims claims the prizes, we could just split the prizes between us, guys. Nice. So. Can we I'll vote? Again? a week a week each at the everyday?
1: The <laughs> uh, exactly congratulations, Kenny Ferguson. You've won, you know, eight tenths of a jersey.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> was just meaning if if they don't come forward for their for the top. I book differently. History, tonight we can get the goodies. We will be stuck in a, a
1: cycle of raffling it and never giving <laughs> it.
0: I think that's us for tonight. We've went on a bit longer than
2: I thought to be honest tonight. So so thanks very much, Tommy. Thanks very much, Scott. Cheers,
1: Willie. Well done. Cheers, Tommy. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Just before we stop recording though, uh, as I often do at the end of these, Scott marks out of ten for uh, for Mr. Boyd here stepping into the uh, the, uh, the well-worn shoes of Martin.
2: It was a steady, steady seven point seven seven for me.
1: I think that's, I think that's pretty, we've certainly found our, our, um, our Graham Murray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, two minutes to, to did a headstand guys. <laughs> i mean, went
1: two, I mean, I mean, I mean two years up. Um, uh, you only, only put the podcasters on the screen. You can't, you can't make them podcast and stuff like that. That's not your responsibility.
2: Can I just ask you something before, indeed, before oh. we go, Willie, where's your, um, where's your Billy Thompson picture?
0: <laughs> uh, uh, I I you. I, uh, <laughs> there we go, guys. I'm uh, I'm currently doing a greenery for you that are watching. There's something like that? <laughs> oh,
1: we well done but, that one. Uh,
0: yeah, that <laughs> that that got bent. That got Well, no bent, but it's it's back and cupboard somewhere.
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's shocking. Get it, get I it back know. out.
0: Oh, I've got plans for it. I've got, I'm have got. i planning on getting a man cave and getting it all sorted. So Good for you.
1: I thought you were going <laughs> to see say it all, Rappler is a giveaway.
0: <laughs> it's actually under my pillow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. as I think I said, I don't know if I'd said this last week on recording, right? But if I didn't, I'm determined to get the joke in now. You need really to hold on to that picture. It's a keeper. <laughs> I'm not apologising <laughs> uh... for
0: that. <laughs> and on that note, and <laughs> that note, if we're still recording, goodbye.
1: <laughs> Cheers, guys.
0: Cheers, Will.